So that's where that's when we talk about. But I, again, I don't. I never suggest that for somebody who's like starting out. Like if you're less than I don't know five or ten thousand subscribers on your list, it probably makes sense to just like build that list and just get as many people onto your list as possible, or just to get as much exposure as possible before you actually try to really use a book launch or anything like that to really monetize. Because otherwise, you'll be disappointed with the results. Like you really need a good base to get traction on a big big book launch. Um, that that that's going to end up like being something where you can generate a lot of revenue from the launch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's a no-brainer um, to do that. I mean, my last book I had sponsored, and um, for in that context, all I did was just put a thing at the back of the book, uh, like a full full page ad, basically, <clears throat> and then um, included them on like the sales page. And so you can negotiate all sorts of things like that. Um, when you're talking about a niche like travel, it's a no-brainer, like 100% yes, I would I would look into that. But again. Uh, so okay, so yeah, you have to play careful. Like I think, that, like I, I guess I'd be. So you you can. There's a few ways. I mean, I, so not only did I have somebody sponsor my last book when I crowdfunded it, but I did source like stories, like case studies, and I let people pay for the case studies. And again, hey, I had to vet it, going. but then it was like a no brainer to include that stuff in there. Yeah, that's awesome. So like, I think you can do that so, kind of um, stuff. Just totally to, ethically. Of course, I, um, I gave a little. I hadn't really dug into that. If that's like something that would be like considered unethical, do, I don't really don't think explain so. It to, I think to the, the listeners right now, what the, would you, where it could, I, uh, and at least in the context of like sharing like case that, studies and things, when you you're do. talking about like using resources, like oh, you should use Airbnb, <laughs> and that's because Airbnb like paid you to to only talk about Airbnb. Then I don't know. Then there might be some like conflict of interest, and the only thing I might say is just like at the outset, like that these are our sponsors, like right from the beginning, that, you know, Airbnb and all these other places are sponsors. Um, and, or, you, you know, even in the context of the book, like, just like as a disclaimer, like Airbnb has sponsored this book, um, but that's, you know, maybe that's not why I'm listing it here, but because I've been using it for a while, plus I have a discount code or something like that. Like, that's something I would, I think would be fine 
and I think if I were reading a book like that, it wouldn't necessarily uh, offend me if it didn't look biased and didn't feel biased. So I think it's just like, I think there's a lot of just variables there, but I think it's a no-brainer to look into things like, like, yeah, like see, see if you can get a discount code for like Airbnb or Uber or whatever it is, right? All these different companies and place them in there and letting people know that, you know, this is either sponsored or paid for in some way, shape or form. But that you're the person who's maybe oh, again in the context terrible. of what I'm thinking so, of. Would you say is actually giving um, people like a bonus, like a discount bestseller. on using that service How, or that product? And so then what's, what's that's, the process? I mean, on that, that could be hugely valuable. Like pretty and then yeah, if, uh, all of a sudden, if you're get. able to reach say 10,000 people with a book launch, or in the first year you can promise that you're going to reach 10,000 people, then all of a sudden the people who are sponsoring will be like, oh okay. Or considering sponsoring would be like, okay, 10,000 people, is that worth our time to like pay money to do this? Or otherwise you give you some sort of affiliate, special affiliate link or something like that, then yeah, they can make the, the call there. But yeah, ultimately, the more you can promise in, ex in terms of exposure, the more you'll get paid from sponsors. But traditional published books have the distribution chain. And so something like the New York Times, they, they don't do it on a, I mean, we can go down a rabbit hole with this, but they don't actually count on total sales for books. There's, their list is totally subjective. So, but they do count from certain places around uh, the United States, certain bookstores and stuff like that. Um, and it ha has to no, be hardcover, right? No, I, 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 I usually don't even care, to be honest with you. Um, like, it's great to have stuff go live during launch week and even the first month. But, like, at the end of the day, if you're writing a long-tail book, it's okay if that stuff's spaced out, too. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, if you're writing an evergreen book, then it's okay to have, like, kind of, you know, long-tail marketing, which is... Um, you know, getting on niche blogs and podcasts and having them push traffic your way, right? So long tail marketing is, that's how I like to use it in this context, is how do I get on all these blogs and podcasts in this space over time? Um, it's great to have stuff arranged around launch, but it's also not the end of the world if it's not. What you just want to do is do everything in your power to make sure it's as strong as possible. And then you get as many reviews as possible because that's going to be the ultimate driver of sales right. ongoing in a lot of ways is if you have like authentic, honest, positive reviews. So I would look at it and say, okay, how do I get like, you know, maybe a thousand, two thousand, five thousand downloads in the first like few days? And what, what do you think how do I incentivize like people to leave a positive review? The traditional so some hacks for that is one, I would put together some sort of like street team or ambassador group, people who volunteered to one, read the book, two, write a review on Amazon, three, share it. Um, if you're going to give the book away for free anyway, it's a no-brainer to do this and to build that list up to you know, 50, yeah. 100 people that you believe will, will be good on their word and do that. And then get those people to be, be the first people to download the book and the first people to actually write the review. Um, what else can you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, my, I would send them like a, maybe a PDF copy uh, beforehand, maybe, you can so they can have a chance to actually read it. But then what you do is you actually direct them to go download the Kindle version on their on their Kindle, so that they're a verified review, and then have them leave a review. And that's, but it, it's free, so it's a no-brainer, right? Super easy. So a couple of the things I'll do to incentivize reviews is I'll say, okay, buy the Kindle version, and I'll send you a paperback copy. For whatever reason, people love that. Like it's just like a fun bonus. Um, even better if you can like sign it or something like that. Um, what else have we done to incentivize reviews? I, those those have been pretty good. Um, some other things that help with like SEO is thinking about like in, in ranking your book for keywords in travel in the context of travel. Like there's gonna be like travel hacking. I'm sure is like 
a term that's probably searched on Amazon. Um, so you want to, uh, or whatever. And it, it may or may not be like maybe there's a, another word that's more popular, another phrase. So do your do your 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 Kindle keyword research. Um, do your category research. I mean, that's a whole another topic. I wrote a massive blog post about literally, literally Kindle SEO and, and Kindle categories. Um, it's like, I don't know, five or 6,000 words or something like that. And I have like three or four videos that go into it because most people are just have no idea how it works or just are either like either ignorant or like deceitful because there's just so much misinformation out there. So I wrote this massive blog post on it, but it's like dig into that if you're curious on and just search Amazon Kindle SEO and you should see it um, on Google or whatever. Um, pointing to my my blog with that one, but um, so I won't go into too much detail there. But I'll tell you one of the ways I hack Amazon in the context of like keywords is once I know the keyword I want to rank for, I use that ambassador group to go and search that term on Amazon and then find my book and then purchase it and then leave a review. Um, and what you get is Amazon then starts seeing that people are searching that term and they're purchasing my book. And what they're going to do is they're going to start ranking me for that keyword or key phrase. Because all they care about, they're, they, they only want to do is just sell stuff. So, um, you know, that's the, a great way to ethically hack Amazon, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not buying it. I'm having other people do it. Yeah. So, I'm, so yeah, what they see is just a lot of different people. You know, searching for a keyword and then finding my book and then purchasing it. So, you you know, you're not going to get everybody to do that, that's for sure. But you should be able to get 10, 20, 30 fans, friends, family to do it. If you, I guess and, if you wanted uh, it to be in, like, major bookstores, would it have to be with a publisher? Let me see if it's actually still ranking. Well, we did it for a book called The One-Page Marketing Plan. And, uh, and we just said people search marketing plan. And now if you search marketing plan on Amazon, you're going to find the one-page marketing plan. Let me sit, check this real quick to see if I'm still talking truth. Marketing plan. Yep, there it is, number one. Um, another one that I, a buddy of mine, I, I helped him out with, he wanted to rank for. Books, like just, uh, I think it was like Twitter we get marketing or something like that. The, um, the travel and let's see if he's number one. one yep, he's number one. I've been writing he's right the exact now same technique. A children's book and he beat out, I mean, there are tons that I'd like of to work with, uh, with an artist you know, on. books that I would, trying to I would think with those books, you pretty much need a publisher, right? Because they look better. So it's like, it's a no-brainer thing to do and to choreograph if you can. Book. Like you wouldn't really buy it on a Kindle. You should definitely do that, yeah. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I was just saying, I, I guess with, uh, yeah, just with like with, with certain kinds of books, like right now I'm trying to write a, uh, a children's book. That I think it makes like you look more legit. Book. So um, I would think with, think with books that like that, just, pretty much, you know, pretty there, much you have to go the you, you traditional route, it seems, because split those test. are... Those um, in life do better as physical. But I can books. tell you with certainty that yes. so I guess having a paperback on. version of your book yes. makes it look like a real book versus just wow, this right. is somebody is that just put put this together. It's totally self-published, and it's so easy to do a paperback version. It's a no-brainer to do it. So, yeah. Say that again. Uh, no, I do everything through Create Space. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's so easy. It integrates with it's a subsidiary of Amazon, so it it it's so easy to get it synced up, and then all of a sudden you're able to you know 
to all sorts be, of cool uh, things with the paperback book, continue, like send it to people to, that are, to, to, you know, uh, in to the mention book. everyone listening um, that we're going to do, do this podcast a little bit different. Um, and instead of just all sorts of things with the paperback stuff, book um, that just means a lot more, but it's still uh, relatively as I mentioned, like, so super writing, cheap. Uh, um, because you can get like another a book, travel ebook. You know, paperback book so it's more that's 200 pages or something like that on CreateSpace. It doesn't have everything that would have to do with travel, whether images that don't even know that really affects. I can't quite remember, but the ones I'm thinking of, websites that are usually cost you all the three, four, five dollars, usually travel less. Reality, so, like, usually around the three, four dollar no mark to like just purchase a copy of the paperback. I released it. I mean, that's really cheap. Um, and it was 90 and, pages and long. It goes a long and way. And it did pretty well. Like it like hit some, some bestseller list on Amazon. Uh, so it's not. Copies of your book. Uh, and then again, you're just using the technique then, to like get more reviews. But I didn't really have a hey, buy the Kindle version. I'll send you a paperback copy. Since you I'll tell you what, that's worth the you know, three, four dollars plus shipping to get that review. Because I think I think it's safe to say the review is probably worth new copy 10, that I'm 20, 30 bucks um, um, in, in the lifespan of a book. To give it a proper if launch. If it's and a book so that it has, is evergreen and can, can see what it is you specialize um, in really and also last and it's going to be something that people are searching and buying over time. Launch or really a product launch of any kind. That <clears throat> um, sounds great. So where do you think we should start? Like as the, as the, do you want to just know a little bit about the book first? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you just have to you you have to work travel, out with so the individual bookstore. I always so with Barnes and Noble probably won't do how that. How to describe the book? But I, I guess yeah, it would be um, the resource book. So basically, cool indie bookstores would be topics of, uh, can be stockists, as in they can hold copies of your book like and sell them. What you're going to find though, you're going to have to negotiate that one off, right? And then deciding where to go. If it's worth it to you, finding out what to do when you're there. Even from a vanity standpoint, it might be worth it. I don't know. Different modes of transportation for getting there. Like maybe not just flying. Bookshelves here and here. Accommodation, you know, you finding people like, on the way to do stuff. Um, and people might say it's travel back in some ways, you, maybe there is some of it. Trip, but it's also like people branding come home and marketing. And, and, they and miss you can it say, a lot, wow, but there's a lot okay. of components you know, that you can bring back home with you to still and, make, and seeing make that you, you have a travel book it's more like that's in uh, bookstores. Like there's potential branding value to it. So it's almost like the context of like you're asking like, does it make so sense for the transportation? I think from a branding perspective, it does make you look more professional. Um, so I think if you buses, can get it on bookstore shelves taxis, and you can hustle a couple uh, that are local or something like that, it doesn't hurt you. I'm saying you can get some good pictures with it, maybe do a book signing or whatever. And the creative ones as well. Again, from a branding perspective, you just look more official. You look more professional because. Because amateurs don't do that, right? Only pros do. But the cool part is any amateur could do it. It It just takes extra time and effort. So again, if you're playing the long game and you're trying to become a brand and kind of become a, you know, you're writing a book that's kind of like part of your platform. I call them platform books. It's kind of like the only books that we we market or launch or even publish. We we I, I call them platform books because they're books that the the person who wrote them well, I, I can talk one about just as a, and share for a very very long e, time e, e, and it will be a, a part of their platform. And, uh, so if you're doing a book like that, it I think it's well, great. I think it would be it had no marketing it would probably actually pretty easy to, to do it if you and, are you know local uh, somewhere. Add a lot more things that you I would, can talk to them. So great they may even be like pages, so, excited um, to help out like to an author like yourself. 200 and page, help out in the context of like actually just like, like a lot more content have your book on the shelves and what, what you're going to find though uh, is you're probably going to have like, as well but more just get they're a, probably only going to you, you probably have to pay for all of them lot so you might have to get them like better. 10 or 20 or 30 copies um, or something like that and you have to pay for all of it a proper and then you'll have to come back like in a month or something like that and so anything that they sold you'll get like they'll pay you for 
and yeah, so I'm not sure if, if I know, should keep the other you, book right? so all on of a sudden, there and just have just this one like Limitless Travel 2.0, perhaps, and perhaps or if I should do, take down the other one or update that. this I would one. Just do your I would say that's uh, like I'm actually not, not the lowest hanging fruit in terms of getting book sales, though. Yeah, how many how many reviews do you have with the Amazon right one right now? Uh, sixteen. Okay, so it's one of those things. So I would just look at say kind of that would be kind of first thing that they. Or are you just going to, you know, launch this as a totally brand new book um, or just update the current one? So if you update... The only time I would is, again, if you if you actually have a built-up audience. So if you're doing, like, reach revenue or, you know, re, or reach impact or revenue, a crowdfunding campaign is only good for revenue. Um, because at the end of the day, the excitement of backing a, camp, a crowdfunding campaign is over. You know, that was maybe fun for, like, a few months few years ago or however many years ago but now people only really back a crowdfunding campaign if one if it's like um, super compelling and, and usually that's in the tech industry uh, tech space um, but it can be in other places too but usually that's the stuff that looks the most compelling I'd like to yeah so books are way harder sell because people don't really want to pre-order a book like honestly get selling a book before it's out is like the hardest thing in the world like you can pre like get get people pre-order just about like anything else I feel like and books are one of the hardest because it just doesn't make sense. The book is going to be the same price if you pre-order or you order a day of. So how do you incentivize people to pre-order, right? So it's a huge challenge that I go through every time we launch a book. Okay. Is how do we get people to actually buy this book before it's out if we're if we're doing a pre-order campaign, which I don't recommend for self-publishers, um, unless you're doing like a crowdfunding campaign. But then the the stipulation there is you have an audience, and I would say I wouldn't do it unless you have like at least like a thousand, probably three to five thousand people on your email list. Because you have to think, like, percentage-wise, hopefully you'll get maybe 5% of them to purchase. So 5% of 1,000, you know, you might get 50 sales. So I think I'm doing the math right there. But let's just assume I am. Um, the point is it's not very many. Um, and that's where a lot of people just totally choke when they do crowdfunding campaigns. Is they do it, they think, oh, if I build it, they will come. And that's not the case at all with crowdfunding campaigns. You have to have the audience. And you have to be willing to be relentlessly promotional for, like, 30 days which I've seen other campaigns kind of flop because that's not the case. So all these things kind of have to be kind of kept in mind as you do it. So so if sales, maybe like the wrong word in that context, but you get a ton of downloads if you do a free book launch. And the reason I would probably suggest you go this route is if you can re-update it, make it KDP exclusive for the five days when you're going to relaunch um, and for it to go live. Drop it to zero and use those three to five days or however many days. I would say probably minimum three days. Um, to share it with your list, share with your audience, share it on social media, and then also get influencers to share I'll it. I'll tell you what, we, we did yes. almost half a million dollars in, in Kickstarter never featured us. Yeah, so I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no strategy to that. I think it just, you, you know, it's just, it's just luck of the draw, or you, maybe you have an inside connection. Um, I think it's kind of a crapshoot, to be honest with you, so I wouldn't bank on anything like that. Um, actually getting featured, like, oh, our feature pick or something like that. Like, we totally should have been. We were dwarfing every other book out there. Yeah, but whatever, you know, it is what it is, and that would have been cool. If we got that, I have no doubt we probably would have passed, like, half a million, um, but they didn't, so it is what it is. The downside is even 99 cents is a barrier to entry that most people won't even bother with. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And and so all of a sudden, you're putting up this barrier to entry, and it's almost like kind of nonsensical yep. because... If you're getting for 99 cents, you just maybe reduce the number of sales by like a tenth. You're not even getting 
So instead of getting, you know, say so you're able to get a thousand downloads by doing it free, you might only get fifty or hundred purchases. And to be honest with you, if the book is good, then uh, you're probably closer to eight. Eight. Um, I think Indiegogo and them are. If you add up all the fees, it's closer to like eight to to even closer, like a, probably close to like ten percent. I think with flex. flex um, Funding with Indiegogo, I think it's like ten percent or maybe even a little bit over. So yeah, I know Publishizer kind of shifted that to that model. I used Publishizer before when it was like kind of just the Kickstarter model, and I had a great experience with them. Uh, Guy, the founder, is a good friend of mine, and we've worked on a lot of projects together. And so I enjoyed the experience because it was like I'd rather support you know the indie upstart any day of the week than the incumbent. Um, but now what he's doing is he's shifting over to that thirty percent because what he's doing is he's lining up publishers. So now all of a sudden that could be an interesting experiment. Again, it's, it doesn't make sense to have a publisher. If that's one of your things though that you want, I mean you can you know use Publishizer to to get your pre-orders in and raise ten, twenty, thirty thousand or something like that. You can you, you could hypothetically negotiate a publishing deal right from that, which could be pretty cool. So all of a sudden you could be like, hey, sign up for my newsletter, I'll give you my new book for free. Or hey, the first hundred people who sign up will get my new book for free. And then you can also offer it to other people's lists for free. Get it, get in front of audiences mm -hmm. who might appreciate it. So, excuse me. So, if you yeah. have people in the travel space, you can find people who have blogs and podcasts and stuff like that in the travel space. And you can say, hey, I'm going to have this book that comes out. You know, ideally, you've actually even kind of mentioned those people in the book. I would do that if I were you, um, if you hadn't already. Yeah, I do have some, like, um, when I talk about, like, like, let's say about transportation, I, I, I feature a lot of other travelers that offer their, like, pro tips. Yeah. So make sure they're, you know, they're linked up. And now all of a sudden they're incentivized to share. And if you give it away free, they can say, hey, I just got, I was just, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm Yeah, so I would always do um, some sort of like content marketing uh, alongside the book. So as you write it, like, you know, write, you know, take, take, take the content from the book and repurpose it as blog posts. Like blogify it though. Don't just have chapters of a book that's so boring. You know, chapters of a book are good in book format they're not good in blog format so you know blogify them or whatever and then use that as uh as your content to generate traffic and of course have some sort of opt-in to capture leads when people hit your page because people are sharing that article so it's a no-brainer i'm a big big proponent of people that the big proponent of those people who actually write and share yeah, I think their actually when i do it, when i lost the other one i, think I also they inevitably did have the I wasn't sure. I, th I think that was the point um, when Amazon was changing just do, the KDP like, structure. As opposed to the person who just hides all their <clears> stuff. So a lot of people were launches a book and expects me, like, whether or not it was worth um, it. But I, I went with it anyway. Care, which is rarely the case. So I would, I would use content from the book that you've already written, repurpose doing, it, like, three to five days of free, and, share and then putting it and then at use that full price to actually generate as many as many like subscribers as possible leading up to the book launch. What I call an early early notification list. So yeah, I would definitely do that. Where people's hair trigger kind of bulk purchase prices at for Kindle books, mm -hmm. you get to make seventy percent off of it, which isn't fantastic, but it's not bad. Um, and so that's kind of where we find the sweet spot with a lot of the books we launch that are self-published. And but then all of a sudden, you know, at that, that sweet spot, they might be selling 20, 30, 50 books a day. So all of a sudden, you could be making five hundred to five thousand dollars a month. Um, I, I was attracted to books um, and writing because I just have always liked books. And it's the easiest thing to get into uh, if you don't have any, like, technical skill. Um, so I couldn't, like, code or program or do anything like that. So that was out of the window. 
and then I was inter- I've always been interested in like film and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that's a way tougher c- cookie to crack as an indie. But but books, anybody can get into that, and so that's what I did. And I did that on the side, and then I got good at kind of the marketing and sales of them. And then the natural progression. Well, I started a publishing company, but that was and that's fine. I still publish a few books a year, but it's slow going, so I only do that with people that I kind of know, and the books are a good fit for our our, our imprint, but. Otherwise, with the launches, it was just kind of filling the need in the marketplace. So there are a lot of people who have great platforms, have great books, but they don't have the time that that is truly needed. It's a ton of time to actually that you need to devote to this kind of stuff to line up promotional partners, to line up sponsors, to get people to write and review your book, to to get people to share your book, um, to put together all the things to make that happen. Um, and again, so it only works in the context of people who really are selling something more expensive on the back end or, or have some True. bigger Actually, plan. I was wondering, like, um, one of the things I wanted for anybody to do just with like, oh, this book sell was books to, to sell books. We're, we're absolutely have this not book on fit, Kindle, but then also um, have a more, you're just not a much more in-depth course. Money off of it. So you always uh, want to be thinking of, well, what's, like what is this going to lead to in the back end? Otherwise, you're going to just be sorely disappointed. There's some people I know that just write tons and tons of books and stuff like that. And going but unless more you're into a perpetual depth, so for example, like, like that, let's say and you just want, house sitting and you, and you as a mode of accommodation, like like it would be featured in the book, but in the video like that, go a lot for, more for me, in depth with actually I, that kind of would be nauseating a for a lot of people I work with. Their, their their one book is enough, kind of right? So it's like, so how do we get the most life out of one book? So if that's, so the, that's the context, way, those are the people we work with. And, is a great but then I also have own, publishers but empire, so if anybody's interested in actually learning more about the processes we use, people want to take kind of far. are open to doing it you themselves, also, also um, works, they can't necessarily afford just have a, our services. A small, I think I have probably the course. best program on the market to actually teach this stuff. It's called Publishers Empire, okay. and it focuses solely on book book launches and book marketing and book sales and kind of going for your first first 100, your first 1,000, your first 10,000 book sales. So definitely check out Publishers Empire. It's closed right now, but if you go to PublishersEmpire. I think PublishersEmpire.com. Let me double check. Yep, PublishersEmpire.com. You can get on the waiting list, and we'll be opening up a legacy uh, uh, flash sale in November, and then we'll be closing it down to kind of revitalize it for the new year. So you can get in cheap. It's a course, yeah, with with coaching. So definitely. Um, inspiring books for me. Gosh, I don't know. I've read a ton. So, I mean, I, if from a nonfiction standpoint, I'm a big fan of like The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Also, from a fiction standpoint, uh, his book The Gates of Fire is one of my favorites. Let me look at my. Um, I've read just about everything by Seth Godin, so that's always been super influential. Yep. Yeah. Poke the box was uh, the one that got me started and kind of really fired me up to actually make something. Oh yeah, super short. One of my favorites. Um, so the last book I wrote, I just wrote on Google Docs, to be honest with you. Um, 
don't know if it's necessarily like the best thing to do, but it was good because I was always traveling. So it was like helpful to always have it backed up and have different uh, revisions and stuff like that in the cloud and then to be able to pull it from any device if I needed to. Um, I'm actually kind of doing more and more, more and more of my writing in Evernote though because Google Docs doesn't work offline, which is actually kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, before that, I used to use Word a lot, but again, I didn't like the fact that it didn't sync on anything. So Evernote syncs across all my devices, and I'm, always, I'm on the go quite a bit. I like to write from my phone and stuff like that if I if that's all I have with me. Um, and so yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing if I ever write a book again, I'll probably I'm guessing I'll probably write it on Evernote. Because for me, it took a lot longer to to get that exposure by using my own platform. Um, you know, from there, I'd probably, I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, if you write everything there, um, I just hire somebody to do it, to be honest with you. I mean, it, I mean, I think it would cost you like maybe like a thousand dollars or something like that, or maybe up to two to get like a really good formatter to do both like Kindle and paperback for you. So to me, that's like a negligible amount of money to even think about it and worry about the, the formatting piece. If you're bootstrapping though, Again, yeah, you you would take have to take a little bit of time to like copy paste that stuff over, and then like kind of go through it and like scrub it and 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 make it right. But there's tons of free software out there. There's like Calibre or Calibre. I have no idea how you pronounce it, but kind of looks like it would be pronounced Calibre, but I think it's Calibre. Um, that's software. Like I've only tested that a little bit, but it's free and you can. It's actually pretty. Um, uh, powerful so you don't need to have like InDesign or whatever to actually even format stuff now if you're totally bootstrapping and if that's your goal then there are again there are ways that you can do that um i i have a, a list of like contacts of people that i've just used in the past who have been good and that i just always send my clients to um so like my go-to guy right now is chris oburn who runs jetlaunch.net <clears throat> and he's done nothing but good work so far. So hopefully if people go check him out, let him know that I sent you. I think he does like 5 or 10% off for people I sent his way. So just say Tom Morka sent you. And he's, I don't, you know, again, I would never recommend. As soon as, like, I, I you know, any vendor I ever have, if they don't, if they, if, if they have one project that kind of disappoints, it's like on to the next one. So, so far he's been perfect and, and, and super affordable. So I, I definitely recommend his work. But we absolutely crushed it. I recommend just going to tomorkis.com. It's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com, and you'll find everything there. Um, all my best articles, more information about my publishing company, more information about our, our marketing uh, agency, uh, more information about kind of all the collaborative projects I do. Um, and right now I'm kind of working on hopefully sharing more and more of the launches we do for books and, and products. I just have to get permission from the clients we work with really to share it. And so as, as soon as I can get some, some more yeses, I'll be sharing kind of more insider secrets into book launches, book marketing, book sales, and then digital product launches and um, how to put all that stuff together. So if you're interested, go to TomMorkus.com and check out the newsletter. It's TomMorkus.com slash newsletter, and you can get all my best best content for free. So we're going to launch it at full price, and we're going to bundle it with a bunch of extra stuff. So that's and then awesome. And have an upsell to something like that. So that's what I think revenue comes into play. Because you already have... Yeah, 30, I think it's 30 days to 30K. And so that was actually, I wrote that a little while ago when we were yeah. did a few collaborative projects me and I think I was, I was working with John Lee Dumas on one and um, I did a few others with different people and we were able to kind of like consistently hit like 
just a pretty solid five figures. Um, now the stuff we do is probably more in the six figure range. Um, and haven't broken a million yet, but at some point I know we will here in the next probably year. But yeah, so that's just kind of my process for how I kind of like rapidly like prototype something and then sell it and then build it afterwards. So it's kind of. And you typically recommend um, like with the last book, what I did was I had, I think a page at the yeah, beginning and at the end of the like book just saying little, they want a little bit. It's it's in this context the additional resource guide on really travel hacking to sign up at the website. Where you can, where you, uh, and I think I got able to like, like generate you know tens of thousands of dollars selling something before it actually exists. Of people who so that's just kind of my process up. for doing that. And then you have to go and do the hard work actually on building the, it and delivering it. But the nice part is doing that, you you validate the idea. Do you so ever I, recommend, I encourage uh, people to check that out if they're like, this is maybe just like at the outset it out there and they haven't built question. anything yet. Because I can't remember the name so of, of the book So just look at that process and really highly consider it. I think it was the guy that did the, I, I'll put my name on the t-shirt or something like that. Time, money, and just pain. I can't remember. He, um, he made by, money by like by, by wearing t-shirts on a video. you actually build anything. Like you would just wear a company's t-shirt on a video and he made up a YouTube channel and everything. He released the book and how he paid for the book to get made was getting a sponsor for each page of the ebook. So it was like a small page, but it, it did just yep. cross my mind. Like in terms of a travel book, like if there was like, let's say there's 20 products that I always use when I'm traveling because they really just make it easier. Is it like a, a half smart idea to contact awesome, those companies well, just, to see uh, if they know when it's uh, live, I'll be sharing it. And, to have, um, obviously if I anybody mean, in put them in there anyways, but just to have a sponsor on there or have maybe to do a giveaway me, me a sponsor or is that kind uh, of, um, publishing.com or look just go inside to tommorcus.com and happy to connect with anybody who's interested in more of this topic. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. In that context, all I did was just put a thing at the back of the book, like a full full page ad, basically, <clears throat> and then um, included them on the sales page. And so you can negotiate all sorts of things like that. Um, when you're talking about a niche like travel, it's a no brainer, like a hundred percent yes. I would I would look into that. Because right. I'm never sure, like uh, like for me, it sounds logical, but I'm I'm never sure if people kind of look at it like, oh, maybe that's the only reason they're being featured in the book is because they're sponsored. Do you know what I mean? So, okay, so yeah, you have to play carefully. Like, I think, yeah. it, like, I guess I'd be, so you, you can, there's a few ways. I mean, I, so not only did I obviously do sponsor my last book when I traveled on it, but I did source, like, stories, like case studies, and I let people pay for the case studies. <laughs> and, again, I had to vet it, but then it was, like, a no-brainer to include that stuff in there. So, like, I think you can do that kind of stuff totally ethically. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really dug into that if that's, like, something that would be, like, I don't really don't think so. I think the, the where it could, and at least in the context of like me sharing case studies on it, when you're talking about like using resources, like oh, you should use Airbnb, and that's because Airbnb like paid you right. to to only talk about Airbnb. Then I don't know. Then there might be some like conflict of interest, and the only thing I might say is just like at the outset, like like these are our sponsors, like right from the beginning, that Airbnb and all these other places are sponsors. And or you know even in the context of the book, like just like as a disclaimer, like Airbnb has sponsored this book, um, but that's you know maybe that's not why I'm listing it here, but because I've been using it for a while, plus I have a discount code or something like that. Like that's something I would I think would be fine, and I think if I were reading the book like that, it wouldn't necessarily uh, offend me if it didn't look biased, didn't feel biased. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like I think there's a lot of just variables there. 
but I think it's a no-brainer to look into things like that. Like, yeah, like see you can get a discount code for like Airbnb or Uber or whatever it is, right? All these different companies and place them in there and letting people know that, you know, this is either sponsored or paid for in some way, shape, or form, but that you're the person who's maybe, again, in the context of what I'm talking about here, is actually giving people like a bonus, like a discount on using that service or that product. Right. And so then that's, I mean, that can be hugely valuable. And then, yeah, if, uh, all of a sudden, if you're able to reach, say, 10,000 people with a book launch, or in the first year, you can promise that you're going to reach 10,000 people, then all of a sudden, the people who are sponsoring will be like, oh, okay. Or considering sponsoring, you'll be like, okay, 10,000 people, is that worth our time to like pay money to do this? Or otherwise, you give you some sort of affiliate, special affiliate link or something like that? Then, yeah, they can make the, the call there. But yeah, ultimately, the more you can promise in, in terms of exposure, the more you'll get paid from sponsors. Yeah. No doubt. And then, um, so then in terms of, let's say in terms of the launch, so you recommended obviously getting in a podcast and, and guest posts and that kind of stuff. And do you recommend doing that pretty much having it set up so that they're all launched during the, the days that it's free, like those exact three to five days or before? No, I, I, I usually don't even care to be honest with you. Okay. Like it's great to have stuff go live during launch week and even the first month. But like at the end of the day, if you're writing a long tail book, it's okay if that stuff's spaced out too. Uh, I'm sorry, if you're writing an evergreen book, then it's okay to have like kind of you know long tail marketing, which is um, you know getting on niche blogs and podcasts and having them push traffic your way, right? So long tail marketing is that's how I like to use it in this context. Is how do I get on all these blogs and podcasts in this space over time? Um, it's great to have stuff arranged around launch, but it's also not the end of the world if it's not. What you just want to do is do everything in your power to make sure it's as strong as possible. And then you get as many reviews as possible because that's going to be the ultimate driver of sales ongoing in a lot of ways. Is if you have like authentic, honest, positive reviews. So I would look at it and say, okay, how do I get like, you know, maybe 1,000, 2,000, maybe 5,000 downloads in the first like few days? And then how do I incentivize people to leave a positive review? So some hacks for that is one, I would put together some sort of like street team or investor group people who have volunteered to, one, read the book, two, write a review on Amazon, three, share it. Um, if you're going to give the book away for free anyway, it's a no-brainer to do this and to build that list up to you know, 50, 100 people that you believe will, will be good on their word and do that. And then get those people to be, be the first people to download the book and the first people to actually write the review. Um, so is, is it better to have them download it from Amazon then or to, oh, yeah. to send? Okay. I mean, I would, my, I would send them like a package of reviews and have them read the book and then they have a chance to actually read it. Right, yeah. And what you do is you actually direct them to go download the Kindle version of your Kindle so that they're a verified reviewer and then have them write the review. And that's, and, but it, it's free, so it's a no-brainer, right? It's super easy. So a couple of other things I'll do to incentivize reviews is I'll say, okay, buy the Kindle version and I'll send you a paperback copy. And for whatever reason, people love that. It's just mm -hmm. like a fun bonus better if you can like sign it or something like that um what else have we done to incentivize reviews that those are those have been pretty good um some other things that help with like seo is things like like in, in ranking your book for keywords in travel in the context of travel like there's gonna be like travel hack which i'm sure is like a term that's probably searched on amazon um so you want to or whatever and it, 
it may or may not be. Like maybe there's a another word that's more popular, another phrase. So do your do your 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 Kindle keyword research. Um, do your category research. I mean that's a whole another topic. I did a massive blog post about literally literally Kindle SEO and, and Kindle categories. Um, it's like I don't know five or six thousand words or something. Oh, wow. like three or four videos that go into it because most people are just have no idea how it works or just are either like either ignorant or like deceitful because there's just so much misinformation out there. So I wrote this massive blog post on it, but it's like dig into that if you're curious on just search Amazon Kindle SEO and you should see it. Okay. Google or whatever. Um, pointing to my my blog with that one, but um, so I won't go into too much detail there. But I'll tell you one of the ways I hack Amazon in the context of like keywords is. Once I know the keyword I want to rank for, I use that ambassador group to go and search that term on Amazon and then find my book and then purchase it and then rank it as number one. Um, and what you get is Amazon then starts seeing that people are searching that term and they're purchasing my book. And what they're going to do is they're going to start ranking me for that keyword in two points. It's all they care about. They're, they, all they want to do is just sell stuff. Mm. So... Great way to ethically hack Amazon. And then you, you buy it yourself, in in that case. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like they don't see that it's that like it's you buying your own book type thing. I'm not buying. I'm having other people. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, so yeah, what they see is just a lot of different people searching for a keyword and then finding my book and then purchasing it. So you you know you're not going to get everybody to do that. That's for sure. But you should be able to get 10, 20, 30 fans, friends, family to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did that for a friend of mine, actually, with, with his suggestion. He's, you know, he's actually still doing it. But we did it for a book called The One-Page Marketing Plan. And we just had people search marketing plan. And now if you search marketing plan on Amazon, you're going to find The One-Page Marketing Plan. Let me see, check this real quick and see if I'm still talking truth. Yep, there it is, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one that I, a buddy of mine, I, I helped him out with. He wanted to rank for, uh, I think it was Twitter marketing or something like that. And let's see if he's number one. Yep, he's number one. He used the exact same technique. And he beat out, I mean, there were tons of, you know, books that were trying to rank for Twitter marketing. And he's number one. So it's, wow. a, it's a no-brainer thing to do in Emporia Dragon. And you also recommended making, like, a paper book on top of having a Kindle? You should definitely. And why? Like, like, and does that is that because it is it just because some people prefer that, or does it actually help you in terms of Amazon or anything like that? I think it makes you look more legit. Okay. Um, I think some of that is just you know there, there's certain things that you, you just can't A B split test mm-hmm. um, in life, but I can tell you with certainty that having a paperback version of your book makes it look like a real book. Right. Versus just, wow, this is somebody that just put, put this together. It's totally self-published. And it's so easy to do a paperback version. It's a no-brainer. So, is that with, is it, is it press books? Say that again? Is it press books where you, you do the paper paperback? Uh, no, I do a thing through CreateSpace. CreateSpace, okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's so easy. It integrates with, it's a subsidiary of Amazon. Okay. So it, it, it's so easy to get it synced up. Then all of a sudden you're able to, you know, do all sorts of cool things with a paperback book. Like send it to people that are, you know, you're in the book. Um, you can do it, use it for giveaways. Um, you can do all sorts of things with a paperback book that just means a lot more, but it's still relatively super cheap 
because you can get like a book, you know, paperback book that's 200 pages or something like that on CreateSpace, and it doesn't have a ton of like images in it. I don't even know if that's like that's like I can't quite remember, but the ones I'm thinking of, I mean, you they usually cost you know three, four, five dollars, usually less. So like usually around the three, four dollar mark to like just purchase a copy of the paperback. So I mean that's really cheap, mm -hmm. um, and and it goes a long way to like send people uh, copies of your book. And then again, you're just using the technique to like get more reviews. Hey, buy the Kindle version. I'll send you a paperback copy. I'll tell you what, that's worth the you know, three, four dollars plus shipping to get that review because I think I think it's safe to say that a review is probably worth ten, twenty, thirty bucks yeah. um, in in the lifespan of a book if it's if it's a book that is like an evergreen. Can really last, and it's going to be something that people are searching and buying over time. And do people also use like every now and then when I'm at the the bookstore up here? It's um, chapters, but um, I've seen books on the shelf that I'm pretty sure are self-published books. And is that something you could do? Is like go into say a, a local bookstore and give them the paperback copies and sell them there? Yeah, yeah. you just have to you you'd have to work that with the individual bookstore. Right. So yeah. Barnes and Noble probably won't do that. Unless they're, yeah, I just assume they wouldn't. But cool indie bookstores would be, can be stockists. As in, they can hold copies of your book and sell them. What you're going to find, though, is you're going to have to negotiate that one off, right? Right. It's just a one bookstore. So if it's worth it to you, um, even from a vanity standpoint, it might be worth it. I don't know. Um, or from like a marketing standpoint, to say, hey, look, I'm on bookshelves here and here. You know what? Again, it's right. like you look at that and you're like, it, it, people might say it's vanity. In some ways, maybe there is some of it, mm -hmm. but it's also like branding and marketing. Like if you can say, "Wow, okay," you know, there's somebody looking at you saying and, and seeing that you you have a travel book that's in bookstores. Like, there's potential branding value to it. So it's almost like the right. context of like you're asking, like, does it make sense to have a paperback book? I think from a branding perspective, it does. It makes you look more professional. So I think if you can get it on bookstore shelves and you can hustle a couple that are local or something like that, um, it doesn't hurt you. Then I'm saying you can get some pictures with it. Maybe you can do a book signing or whatever. You know, right. And again, from a branding perspective, you just look more official. You look, you know, you look more professional. Um, right. Because, because amateurs don't do that, right? True. Only pros do. But the cool part is, any amateur could do it. It just takes extra time and effort. So again, if you're if you're playing the long game and you're trying to become a brand, uh, and you're trying to become a, you know, you're you're writing a book that's kind of like part of your platform. I call them platform books. It's kind of like the only books that we, um, we we market or launch or even publish. We we. I, I call them platform books because they're books that the, the person who wrote them can talk about and share for a very, very long time and right. be a, a part of their platform. So if you're doing a book like that, <clears throat> I think it's great. I think it would be, it would probably be actually pretty easy to do if you are you know, local somewhere and you, you can talk to them. They may even be like excited to help out an author like yourself and help out in the context of like actually like, have your book on the shelves. Right. What, what you're going to find though is you're probably going to have to like they're probably only going to you, you probably have to paper all of them so you might have to give them like 10 or 20 or 30 copies or something like that and you have to paper all of it and then you'll have to come back like in a month or something like that and anything that they sold you'll get like they'll pay you for right. and otherwise you know they don't pay you right so all of a sudden you just have to you know weigh the pros and cons of that. for sure that's a bad thing to do but just to consider that and I would just do your homework I would say that's like not the lowest hanging fruit in terms of getting books in your hands. Right. And then I'm curious your thoughts too on the, you said you ran that big Kickstarter campaign. Like, is there, 
is there like a particular reason when or a better time when you would you'd recommend a crowdfunding campaign for a book? Audience, okay. So if you're doing like reach revenue or reach influencer revenue, crowdfunding campaigns are good for that. Because at the end of the day, the excitement of backlash, I still have crowdfunding campaigns that this may be playing for like a few months. A few years ago, I already had crowdfunding campaigns that were backed. People only really backed the crowdfunding campaign for one because they wanted to keep it from going away. Usually it's in the tech industry. But it can be anything from books too. And usually that's the stuff that everyone wants to read. So books are way harder sell. Because people don't really want to read it. Right. Honestly, like it, selling a book these days, like I said, is hard to sell. Like even pre like getting like fifty pre orders of like anything else that you're doing. And books are one of the hardest. It just doesn't make sense. The book isn't gonna be the same price if you pre order it either day of. Mm-hmm. How do you incentivize people to read it? So it's a huge challenge that We're doing pre-orders, which I don't recommend for someone who's actually published or doing crowdfunding. Then the stipulation comes from that audience. I would say I wouldn't do it unless you have at least like a thousand people, probably three to five thousand people in your audience. Because you have to pay like a percentage of that to someone. Hopefully you're getting five percent of your conversions. So five percent of a thousand, I say like so you know, do the math right there. <laughs> Let's just assume I am. Um, the point is it's not that many. Where a lot of people just totally choke on because they do it, they think, oh, if I build it, they will come, and it's not actually sustainable. It's not going to change. You have to have the audience, and you have to be willing to be relentlessly unnatural for like right. 30 days, which I'm assuming that those campaigns kind of flop because that confidence. Right. So all these things kind of have to come together to make sure that you're actually doing it. Yeah, and I think I talked to someone actually about doing a not necessarily doing a campaign, but I had like either with one idea for the children's book or I also wanted to do just a, a charity fundraiser for an animal refuge that I, I, w- I wanted to help out. But they said that you pretty much need to get like 30% of your total raised within the first three days in order for, for Kickstarter to start featuring you and that kind of stuff. So I guess that would come from having the audience and like a, a good launch strategy. I'll tell you what, we, we did almost half a million dollars in, in Kickstarter and Oh really? Wow. So, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no strategy to that. Hmm. It's just just luck. It's just it was just luck of the draw. You, know, you have an inside connection. Um, I think it's kind of a crapshoot, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't bank on anything like that. Um, actually, getting featured like or a featured pick or something like that. Like we totally oh, yeah. we were dwarfing. Every yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever, you know, it is what it is, and that would have been cool if we got that. Like, no doubt, we probably. And I should mention this is just since uh, other people might might be interested. Like in terms, since we're talking about books and crowdfunding, um, you've probably heard of there's a Publishizer, that what it's called, like another crowdfunding campaign specifically for books. And I talked to one a lady that that the, the published her book on there, and she sold the more than the two hundred and fifty. So basically. From what I understand, they take a, a pretty big cut. I think it's 30%, whereas um, Kickstarter, I think, is at five, five or eight or something like that. Uh, yeah, probably closer to eight. eight. Okay. Um, I think Indiegogo and then, like, if you add up all the fees, it's closer to like eight. So, okay. so even closer, like, the, probably close to like 10%. 10? I think the tech flex um, funding with Indiegogo, I think it's like 10% or maybe even a little bit over. 
Okay. So, yeah, I know publishizer can shift to that to that model. I used publishizer before when it was like kind of just the Kickstarter model, and I had a great experience with them. Uh, Guy, the founder, is a good friend of mine. We've worked on a lot of projects together, and so I enjoyed the experience because it was like I'd, I'd rather support you know the indie upstart any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. The incumbent. Um, but now what he's doing is he's shifting over to that thirty percent because what he's doing is he's lining up publishers. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden that could be an interesting experiment again. It doesn't make sense to have a publisher. If that's one of your things, though, that you want, if you can, you know, use publishizer to to get your pre-orders in and raise ten, twenty, thirty thousand, something like that, you, you, you could hypothetically negotiate a publishing deal with someone, which could be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a, it's definitely a it's an interesting concept for sure, especially for for some books. Like I think of it for uh, if you, if you need it to be a hardcover or something like that, or if your goal is to maybe get on the New York Times. Um, so in general, how would you, if, if I'm, so what, what basically like my next step is obviously like writing the book, uh, asking or figuring out on Amazon if I could update the book that much <laughs> to bring it from, cause right now it's 90 pages. So it would probably be 200 pages. So it's a pretty big update and see how they look at that. And then how would you typically, as you're writing it, would you start promoting it as well? Do you usually have a have a plan to kind of start the launch process in advance? Yeah, so I would always do um, some sort of like content marketing uh, alongside the book. So as you write it, like you know, write you know, take 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 the content from the book and repurpose it as blog posts. Like, right. Blogify it though. Don't just have chapters of the book. It's so boring. You know, chapters of a book are good in book format, but not good in blog format. Mm-hmm. So you know, blogify them or whatever, and then use that as uh, is your content to generate traffic and, of course, have some sort of opt-in to capture leads when people hit your page because people are sharing that article. So it's a no-brainer. I'm a big, big proponent of people, that, a big proponent of those people who actually write and share their work as they do it. I think they inevitably have um, the best results. They just do, like, as opposed to the person who just hides all their stuff and then launches a book and expects... Um, people to care, which is rarely the case. So I would, I would use content from the book that you've already written, repurpose it, get that, share that, and then use that as to, to actually generate um, as many as many like subscribers as possible using what, what I call early, early notifications. So yeah, I would definitely do that. Awesome. Well, I'll leave it uh, like at, at that point, like we've, we've talked a lot about it, so I'll, um, I'll leave it at that for now, and then I'm obviously going to start implementing a lot of this stuff. Because um, this podcast will um, will probably um, will launch in October or November, uh, but just in the meantime, I just wanted to ask you as well, like what? Uh, just reading your bio, what inspired you to get into more of the book marketing and product launches? Um, I was attracted to books and um, writing, because I just have always liked books, and it's the easiest thing to get into. Um, you don't have any like technical skill. Um, so I couldn't mm-hmm. code or program or do anything like that. So that was out of the window. And then I was inter- I've always been interested in like film and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's a way tougher cookie to crack. Yeah. Indie. But the books, anybody can write a book. So that's what I did. I did it on the side. And then I got good at kind of the marketing and sales of them. And then the natural progression, well, I started a publishing company. But that was, and that's fine. I still publish a few books a year. But it's slow going. So I only do that with people that I know. The books are a good fit for our, our, our imprint, but 
otherwise with the launches, are you just kind of filling a niche in the marketplace? So there are a lot of people who have great platforms, have great books, but they don't have the time that that is truly needed. It's a ton of time to actually that you need to devote to this kind of stuff to line up promotional partners, to line up sponsors, to get people to write and review your book, to to get people to share your book, mm-hmm. to put together all the things to make that happen. Um, and again, so it only works in the context of people who really are selling something more expensive on the back end or, or have some bigger plan. Um, it doesn't, for anybody who's just like, oh, I just want to sell books and sell books, we're, we're absolutely not a good fit um, because you're just not going to make enough money on that. So you always want to be thinking of, well, what's, what is this going to lead to in the back end? Otherwise, you're going to be just be sorely disappointed. And there's some people I know that just write tons and tons of books and stuff like that. But unless you're a perpetual writer like that, right. and, you just want, and, you, and you love just like publishing things like every month or something like that, for, for me, I, that kind of would be nauseating. For a lot of people I work with, you, 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 one book is enough. Right? So <laughs> yeah. how do we get the most life out of this one book? So that's, that's the context of those people we work with. But then I also have Publishers Empire. So if anybody's interested in actually learning more about the processes we use and kind of are open to doing it themselves um, and can't necessarily afford our services, I think I have probably the best program on the market to actually teach this stuff. It's called Publishers Empire and it focuses solely on book, book launches, book marketing, book sales, and kind of going through your first first 100, your first 1,000, your first 10,000 book sales. So definitely check out Publishers Empire. It's closed right now, but you can go to publishersempire.com get on the waiting list and we'll be opening up a legacy uh, uh, flash sale in November and we'll be closing it down to kind of revitalize it for the new year. So is that a course? It's a course. Yeah. Okay. With, with coaching, so. And what have been some of the most um yeah I'll put that in the show notes for sure. It sounds interesting. Um what have been some of the most inspiring books to you? That that you've inspiring books for me? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Too many. Fiction standpoint, I'm a big fan of like the War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. Right. Also, from a fiction standpoint, uh, his book uh, Gates of Fire is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I've read just about everything by Seth Godin, so that's always been super influential. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people always mention like I've read um, some of his books, um, Lynchpin and the Icarious Deception. I think it's called. Yep. But a lot of people have recommended. Purple Cow. That's not something I've read yet. Poke the Box was... Uh, Poke the Box, right? Okay. And that's a short read, too, right? Oh. <laughs> and uh, actually, one, one more question I just thought of now that I didn't feature and probably a lot of people are wondering. When you write a, a book, like, do you... How do you recommend... Like, do you recommend writing it in Word first or something like that? And then how do you transfer it into a format for Kindle or for any other format for that matter. Um, so the last book I wrote, I just wrote on Google Docs once. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing to do, but it was good because I was always traveling. So it was like helpful to always have it backed up and right. like revisions and stuff like that in the cloud and then to be able to pull it from any device that I needed to. Um, I'm actually kind of doing more and more, more and more of my writing in Evernote though because Google Docs doesn't work offline, which is actually kind of weird. But uh, before that, I used to use Word a lot, but again, I didn't want to back everything in sync. So Evernote syncs across all my devices. 
Nolan and Tommy go quite a bit. I like to write from my phone and stuff like that. Um, that's all I have with me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, if, I'm guessing if I ever write a book, it's going to be Nolan. I'm guessing I'll probably write around Evernote. Evernote, okay. And then is that, can you easily just uh, transfer it to, like, the format for Kindle on that? Um, you know, from there, I'd probably, I mean, at, at the end of the day, if you write everything there, um, I just hire somebody to do it for me. Okay. I mean, I think it would cost you, like, maybe $1,000 or something like that or maybe to, to, to get, like, a really good formatter to do both, like, Kindle and paperback for you. So, to me, that's, like, a negligible amount of money to even think about it and worry about the, the formatting fees. If you're bootstrapping, though, again, yeah, you, you would take, like, take a little bit of time to, like, copy-paste that stuff over and then, like, kind of go through it and scrub it and, and make it right. But there's tons of free software out there. There's, like... Caliber or Calibre, I have no idea how you pronounce it. Okay. It kind of looks like it would be pronounced Calibre, but I think it's Caliber. Um, that software, like, I've only tested that a little bit, but it's free, and you can, it's actually pretty um, uh, powerful. So you don't need to have, like, InDesign or whatever. It's actually, if you format stuff now, if you're totally bootstrapping. And where would you recommend finding someone to, uh, to do it for you? I have a, a list of, like, contacts of people that I've just used in the past who have been good. Okay. And that I just always send my clients to. Um, so, like, my go-to guy right now is Chris O'Byrne, who runs JetLaunch.net. Okay. And he's done nothing but good work so far. So, hopefully, if people go check him out and let him know that I sent you, I think he does 5 or 10% off for people I sent his way. So, like, say Tom Morka sent you, and he's, I don't you know, again, I would never recommend, as soon as, like, I, I you know, any vendor I ever have, if they don't, if, if they have one project that kind of disappoints, it's like on to the next one. So, so far, he's been perfect and, and, and super affordable. So, I, I definitely recommend his work. Awesome. Okay. And is there any, uh, before we close the call, is there um, any other place for, for people to, to reach out to you? Are there other websites or social media? Or... I recommend just going to tomworkus.com. It's T O M M O R K E S.com. Okay. And you'll find everything all my best articles, more information about my publishing company, more information about our, our marketing uh, agency, uh, more information about kind of all the collaborative projects I do. Um, and right now I'm kind of working on hopefully sharing more and more of the launches we do for books and, and products. I just have to get permission from the clients we work with really to share it. Right, yeah. So as, as soon as I can get some, some more yeses, I'll be sharing more insider secrets into book launches, book marketing, book sales, and then digital product launches. And, how to put all that stuff together. So if you're interested, go to TomWorkus.com and check out the newsletter. It's TomWorkus.com slash newsletter. You can get all my best best content for free. Yeah, I actually just signed up today for your uh, your launch strategy. Awesome. Uh, how is it how, to make, is it 30,000 in 30 days? Or? Yeah, 30, I think it's 30 days to 30K. And so that was actually, I wrote that a while ago when we were, did a few collaborative projects me husband John Lee Dumas on one and um, I did a few others with different people and we were able to kind of like consistently hit like a, a pretty solid five figures. Um, now the stuff we do is probably more in the six figure range. Um, haven't broken a million yet but it's in the but yeah so that's just kind of my process for how I kind of like rapidly like prototype something and then sell it and then build it afterwards so it's kind of so more doing like the, the pre-selling. Yeah, pre-sales. A little, a little bit. 
it's it's in this context the 30 days to 30k is really about like digital product launches right where you can where you uh, i've been able to like generate you know tens of thousands of dollars selling something before it actually exists so that's just kind of my process for doing that and then you have to go and do the hard work of actually building it and delivering it mm -hmm. but the nice part is doing that you can validate the idea so i, I would encourage people to check that out if they're like at, at, a, at the outset and they haven't built anything yet so just look at that process and really highly consider it because you're going to save yourself a lot of time, money, and just pain um, by by doing it pre-launch before you actually build anything. Um, that doesn't necessarily correlate to books, um, unfortunately. So understand that that's kind of just in the digital product space. Right, which would be good. So I'll be looking over that for the for that uh, the additional product I talked about for the travel travel course. But yeah, well, awesome, man. It's been a, an awesome call, and I look forward to implementing all this and then uh, then reporting back on the blog and stuff. So by the time the podcast is out, people can can see what I've done with it. Awesome, man. Well, just uh, let me know when it's uh, all live. I'll be sharing it. And um, obviously, if anybody in your audience is interested in more information, just have them come and ping me, email me at tom at uh, com, or just go to tommorcus.com. I'm happy to connect with anybody who's interested in more of this topic. All right, we'll do. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes as well, and hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime. Awesome, thanks, Matt. All right, take care. All right, well, that's the end of the episode. I hope you liked it as much as I did. I really learned a lot, and uh, really look forward to implementing all that advice when I write Limitless Travel 2.0. If you'd like to see the show notes or any links to what was was mentioned in this episode, head over to my blog LiveLimitless.net, and while you're there, you can also sign up for the newsletter if you like. Not only will you get some freebies and be the first to know about new articles and whatnot, but you'll also be the first to know about Limitless Travel 2.0 when I release it. And uh, aside from that, last but not least, of course, if you like this episode or this podcast, please leave me a review in iTunes. That's uh, the only way other people find out about the show. So that would really mean the world to me. And if you ever want to drop me an email and say hello or let me know what you like about the show or what you don't like about the show. Uh, I would love that as well. My email is matt at livelimitless.net. I look forward to hearing from you and uh, hope you have a great day.